You're listening to Transform Your Profits, the podcast for accountants who want to build a more profitable, successful, and impactful accounting firm. Your host is Reza Huda, a practice owner, mentor, and coach to accounting firm owners. Hello there. Welcome to today's podcast. I am fortunate to have with me today someone I'll be interviewing, Caroline Harridans, who will be talking about how to develop app advisory practice in your accounting firm. Caroline has a keen interest in app advisory. She likes to to check out the new apps, the latest apps. And we know that with so many apps out there, we can get into app overwhelm where there's so many and we have no idea where to start where should we be focusing our efforts so if that's something that you have found as a, a challenge for you as to knowing which app to go to and when and what systems to put in place and how you should be talking about apps to clients then listen to what caroline has to say and hopefully that will give you some takeaways to implement to help you build a more profitable successful and impactful accounting firm Enjoy, and I'll see you on the other side. Without much ado, Caroline, over to you. Just introduce yourself and tell us a bit about yourself, your background, uh, what you're doing, and we'll take it from there. Okay, so hi, yeah, and uh, that's right. So I now run my own accountancy practice, but before then, um, I, well, I used to, many years ago, probably about 15, 16 years ago, I ran my own business then where I was finance director for some uh, small businesses. Then I went overseas with the family. So when I went over, I had a three-year-old, a two-year-old, and an eight-month-old. So my hands quite full to begin with, but we lived over in Australia for five years, and that's where I got introduced to Zero. Then when we came back, I worked for a top 20 firm. I went in as head of outsourcing and then moved into a pure cloud role with the responsibility of moving and the Peterborough office to begin with onto the cloud, mostly off the back of MTD, uh, and then did it strategy-wise for the whole firm, so all 11 offices. Um, then I was partner in a zero-only practice for a while, and now I've set up on my own. And uh, yeah, so help accountants um, and also do FD services um, and general accountancy services for SMEs. And I'm also editor of the uh, Digital Accountancy uh, magazine as well. So in terms of where did, where did your journey begin in terms of the, the whole app side of things? So I guess you had some experience of that when you were working for the top 20 firm. And when did you then decide that, yes, this is the area that you really want to kind of get involved in and start to help others in? How did you how did that come about? I was quite lucky, really, because when I went um, when I was working in the big practice, um, they hadn't got a cloud um, service offering at all. So. Uh, I was quite lucky there because uh, I just, I came over and I mean, I picked the firm because I loved Zero, and I didn't really know much about the apps then. And it was quite new over here then. Um, and then I was quite lucky there because we obviously had quite a wide mix of clients and I just really got into it there um, and then really developed it. So when I started this other role uh, where I was partner, it was brilliant because we just, we were using so many apps. I mean, I went from that firm to this firm and it was just like, my goodness, I was just mm-hmm. learning and really interested in, in them all. I was on forums and then got involved with the digital accountancy show and the magazine. 
um, and it's just sort of the area I love and uh, helping it helping other accountants just kind of came about really because people asked questions and can you help and it just kind of I never really thought about doing it but then it just mm-hmm. kind of landed really and I really enjoy it um so yeah I'm still active on a lot of the forums and love to help people so yeah that's really how it came about and are you finding that many accountants are I mean for the accountants that you see and talk to and helping where are they generally on their on their journey when it comes to apps because I mean I know from my experience you um, there are some clients and some, I mean, because I work with accountants as well. I know there are some accountants who haven't even started the, the kind of the journey to get onto zero and QuickBooks at all. They're starting now. Some have been doing it for 10 years and there's a whole host of accountants in between. What are your experiences of working with accountants in terms of how far they are in their journey when it comes to developing a, a digital practice? Most of the ones that I come across are on cloud of some description. Um, some of them have, most of them have got the core software in place. Some of them have got a few apps. Um, some of them have got none. Um, and then also, so the sort of the key bit that I sort of seem to get involved with is that you've got ones with the core apps. Some of them will have Receipt Bank and Zero or QuickBooks or what have you, and nothing else. Um, and then some of them have got some sort of practice management software, but it's not really doing anything, or they think they've grown out of what they were using. Um, but very few of them have got anything on the reporting side of it. Um, a lot of them come along because they know they need to do something and they're not very sure where to start, which is completely understandable because um, it is a bit of a minefield. Um, so it's, but most of them, most accountants come along, they've started, they've got their core software in place and they want to do more. And usually they want to sort out their internal processes as well because they just haven't got a system in place and a lot of them have been using you know um excel for their practice management so they're now looking at growing the firm and they realize they've got to look at the workflows and things with that side of it mm, mm, that's right so if you're watching do you have any questions for us when it comes to apps perhaps you're well into your journey in terms of becoming a digital practice uh, are you do you have any questions around what other apps you should be pursuing, whether you should have a specific tech stack that you should be rolling out to clients. Um, what, what, if you want to find out, you know, what, uh, what, what our preferences in terms of which apps we are talking to clients about and helping accountants to implement, let us know. Let us know your questions. So Caroline, in terms of what are your favorites then when it comes to apps? So if you're going into an accountancy practice and they haven't yet started their journey, where do you tell them which software do you tell them to choose? Is it zero? Is it QuickBooks? Is it free agent? What is it? I to be really neutral because I have used them all and uh, I do. But I mean, my practice is zero only. But I do think a lot of that comes down to which one you learn first. Mm-hmm. I mean, you don't really hear, well, you don't, you don't hear about QuickBooks when you live in Australia and I lived in Australia. So, I mean, I learned zero and I knew zero first of all. And when I moved over here, the firm I was working for in the office we were in, we didn't use QuickBooks at all and then probably a couple of years in we started using QuickBooks and I can hand on heart say every single person in that office hated QuickBooks because they all like zero but that was the one you learned the first um but I do prefer zero um just basically because of the apps it you know it allows well lots of other reasons but the you know it allows you to do so much more with the apps and you can 
especially if you've got larger clients or more complicated clients, you know, you can move them from like stage 200 onto zero and put in the apps and you can get an equivalent system. So there's a lot of potential you can do um, with the app. So zero does tend to be my preference. Um, but when it comes to invoice processing, you know, I will give them the choice. I've been quite lucky. I've used auto entry. I've used receipt bank. I've used HubDoc. Um, so, you know, they've all got pros and cons. I use receipt bank, but that's because that's my preference. But auto entry is a really good product as well. So it's trying to remain as neutral as possible. But obviously, yeah, I do have my favorites that I use. Um, but my tip with every app that you do use is to use every little bit of it that you possibly can because subscription costs can get really, really high. And, mm. you know, if you, you don't want to be using a couple of different pieces of software um, that you're not using well, I would probably say your core ones to look at is to get something to manually, to stop manual input of your invoices. So you need some sort of OCR software. So if you pick receipt bank, use it. Use every little function of it. Try and get it as automated as possible. Zero, that's the other part of it. Zero, people forget about zero. So they talk about automation and we need to, you know, Zapier this and make it zero working properly. You know, have you got bank feeds? Have you got bank rules? Are you using, you know, automated invoice reminders? Have you got go cardless? All these sorts of things. That, you know, there's a lot you can do with zero. Zero and receipt bank, there's an awful lot you can do there because you can also write reports in zero. So that's all automated as well. Um, and then, the sort of three key bits for me would always be something to get the information in and something to get the information out. So you might be, if you don't do much in the way of cash flow forecasting, you know, you might think, well, can I add that now? What, what can I use? And if you use something like Futurely or Float or anything like that, make sure you know it and you learn it so you're getting the most out of it. And don't just keep adding apps or changing apps. That's the other one as well. When something comes along that's good in one app, give it six months, it'll probably come into the one that you're already using. So it's actually just to really know your products and know them really well and start small and then build up. So I wouldn't be going out and, you know, having these massive app maps that you see now with all these pictures and all these different apps. I wouldn't rush out and do that. I would just take each one and build it. Because you could, even this was three, zero, one thing going in and one thing going out automate it especially if you can put in your practice management software and if you've got some proposal writing software you know you can have a really neat little system that can do an awful lot more and do it efficiently and that's a really good starting point so that was that's how I encourage people to do it because you can have astronomical costs if you go out especially if you take a partner programs and you go out and you have empty licenses it can get really, really expensive every month. So it's really monitoring the costs and keeping a really close eye on that because you take your eye off it. I mean, I know from working in a big firm, I did a, an analysis where I added up all the software and the number of unused licenses and the associated costs was significant. Yeah. Oh, sorry, sorry, Caroline. I've got um, I've got that broadcast. I didn't think I thought you were still uh, talking. 
<laughs> because the Facebook Live is kind of a little bit behind, so I'm looking at the Facebook Live screen, which is you still talking, hence me just uh, waiting for you to finish. Uh, okay, so that's great. Thank you. And I, I think you're right in terms of um, app overwhelm. It is, you know, it's it's easy to uh, kind of jump on the next uh, the the shiny new uh, thing, the toy that comes out, and you know, everyone is saying now we live in an age where there's so much noise on social media. One person says, "Oh, this product is great," and that product is great, and you just you get FOMO to say, "Oh, I need to go and check out what uh, what that." Uh, reporting app does against uh, against this one so I think you're right and at the same strategy that we've kind of followed that we've picked one and we've just got that core tech stack in place be it you know zero QuickBooks uh, and uh, the, the receipt bank or auto entry we use auto entry and then a management reporting one so there's a question here actually Tim from Neil to say which what are your favorite apps for management reporting production so there's quite a few on the market which ones are your favorites um well i do like fathom i do like my i mean i like the graphics to be fair fathom was one i came across when i was living in australia they're actually in the same suburb as i was in brisbane and i really like fathom because the reports just come in live and they're very very graphical very easy to understand um another one that's i'm quite liking is sift which uh, I think you used, do you, Rose? I think I've seen, yeah. Mm -hmm. Sift is a nice one as well. It's really coming on. It's got a lot of functions. Um, other ways you can do it, though, is if you've got a forecasting tool as well, so something like Futurely, they're now producing quite nice little reports. It can be quite customizable. But for management reporting, um, yeah, Fathom and Sift would be the ones I would be looking at at the moment. I really like them. Very, very good very good images, very easy to understand. And Fathom have really added on. They've done quite a lot over the last sort of 12 months. So yeah. Yeah, excellent, great. Uh, any other question guys, let us know whilst uh, Caroline is here. So in terms of, because there's all, because of the, I guess, you know, kind of going back to fundamentals that the apps have uh, been created to kind of make our life easier to, help us with delivering services to our clients in terms of, you know, understanding the numbers better for us to be able to work faster and more efficiently. Um, but, but fundamentally, in terms of our role, our role is still to advise clients and to help them with achieve their business goals and to solve their problems and their pain points and become their trusted advisor. The apps can help us do that, or they can hinder us to do that. Because I think, I mean, the apps, in terms of which app we use, I don't think that clients really care which apps we use. All they care about is what they get at the end of it. You know, all they care about is, you know, are you there? Are, are you there at the end of the phone? Uh, are you giving me some decent commentary from my management accounts that I can make meaningful decisions? Are you helping me to build a forecast, whatever app it's in, but even if it's Excel, that will enable me to know whether I'm going to run out of cash in six months and therefore I need to take corrective action by applying for a loan or whatever the case may be. So, so that said, uh, you know, when you're talking to accountants, how do you kind of communicate that need to balance the, 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 the case in terms of, yes, by all means, get apps in to make your processes more efficient, but also be cognizant that the apps are not the be all and end all from a client's perspective. They don't care what apps we use. It's about what's in it for them and what are we doing for them and how are we helping them? 
Well, I totally agree. So from my point of view, even when I'm talking to clients, I don't, you know, I don't name the apps. And if I'm sending out pictures, I don't name the apps. I tend to just have an orange circle that says invoice processing, something like that. Because you're right, it doesn't mean anything to them. So when you're going out to the accountants, the important point to me to tell them when they're actually speaking to their clients and helping them speak to their clients is that you have to see their pain points understand what their pain points are and then show them that putting in these apps will actually resolve this pain so it's actually showing that you've got a solution to the problem they're going through so that if that is you know spending ages manually inputting invoices if they can't manage their credit control you have to show them that but the other thing I would say is I tend I say it with clients and I say it to accountants you go in and if you're going to put in accounting software so say you, you go in and you see a perfect client where you think oh they would be perfect for a really good um you know credit control system they need some really good reporting um and you go in and you can see that they're nervous and you they're stalling and they're taking ages to make decisions it is an ongoing process so that's something I always say to the clients and the accountants as well when you go in and you do even a small implementation which could grow into something bigger Start small and tell your client, you know, let it's an evolving process. Tell them that the apps are changing. Say that there's constantly going to be updates. For example, I'll give you one. I put quite a few care homes onto zero. They have got all of them, dreadful accounts receivables, um, do an awful lot manually, um, and were quite reluctant to move over. Um, so I had one there were two brothers who had five care homes and I mean they missed every meeting to talk about cloud they missed about three meetings eventually pinned them down they decided to move to zero um, and you could just tell they were really nervous so all we did was put in zero to begin with and then over the course of 18 months sort of introduced more and let them see more and by the end of the 18 months one of the directors came in he came in one day I remember it into a meeting with me he came in with his mobile phone he said I want to know what I can do on my mobile phone what can I prove on my mobile phone and if you just looked at where he'd started to where he was there because we'd implemented everything slowly and got them comfortable with everything before we moved on to the next thing they were much more receptive to the point where he was coming in and he was wanting to do stuff and he was wanting to see how we could improve things and you're actually really working with them Another really good way to work with your clients that we discovered as well. So your clients who are on cloud, we used to run seminars every month in the office and we used to have our clients in for them. Um, and it was around the time of MTD. So I always used to go after the tax people and get 20 minutes on using cloud software. And I always used to make a bit of a fuss because using cloud software isn't to basically tick the boxes for VAT. It gives you a whole load of other benefits. So one day I turned it around and said, I want to go first, you guys go second. So I did, and I did testimonials and I did stories. And I went up there and I told case studies and we had clients sitting in there in that room that had been using Xero for a while and they, they wanted futurely afterwards, they wanted expense management software. And that really works well. And I know one firm who did a lot in the farming community, they actually did one all on farming, but they actually had people in the audience where they put them onto the cloud and put the apps in. So they had figured and things in there. So when questions came, these guys could then say, oh, this is what we did, come and chat to us. And that that's a really good way of actually promoting it within your firm and with, with your current client base. 
that mm. work really well. Yeah, no, that's definitely true. When you when you talk about case studies of what yeah. has worked, um, that's quite powerful because it then becomes real. Uh, so you know that that story in the care homes, um, yeah, definitely uh, definitely rings true. Uh, so in terms of um, are there any other case study stories that you have in terms of when you have implemented uh, a cloud-based solution and it has tangibly saved the client uh, lots of time that you kind of measured or lots of money? Are there any other stories that you can tell around that? Yeah, we had one where they um, they sold, they were on Sage, and I mean, they used every drop of Sage. I've never seen anybody use every single thing that they were using. Um, and they sell uh, products to the wife on quite large scale as well. Because when I heard um, they made, well, they make doorstops as well as other things. I heard they made that, went along and met them thinking it would just be a small firm, but it was quite big. Um, so with those people, everything was just so manual and so disorganized. Um, and the stock was disorganized. And they wanted, because at the moment they just sold into the shops. So they had everything. They did the design over here, had it manufactured in China, brought the products back into the UK and then sold it onto the shops. And they wanted to open it up so that they had a web-based presence as well. Mm -hmm. um, and he was really, he was an accountant and he was really, really reluctant to move over. Um, but we moved them over. We got the processes sorted. We got the seat bank in place. Um, and I met him. His wife was a designer. I bumped into them one day in town and she just came over and she just said, I just want to thank you. And I said, well, you've just given us so much time back. Mm. Said month end, he's not in the office doing the back, you know, at the, at the last minute, each quarter month end, it's going smoothly. And then we did that. It took us a while because um, it was quite, I mean, he, like I said, he had everything. He still used zero for stock. He refused to put in a stock system, but he may have done that now. Um, but, you know, they had to have every invoice template customized. We had to have approval max put in for approval systems. We put receipt bank in. Uh, we got a reporting tool in. So that, that all helped an automated thing. And then it was just about the time I was leaving. We were then working with a web developing company in a shop so we could get a shop on there. And now I've seen they've got the shop in place as well. So it's got its online presence as well. So that was a good one. Uh, I actually did quite a bit with farmers. Um, we had quite a big agri group. Um, and I had one guy in and he was, uh, he moved from, a, he used to come in with a big red cash book um, every sort of uh, end of every year and we moved him on to QuickBooks and I had him in halfway through the year and I remember him sitting there and he just stopped he just folded his arms and looked at me in the meeting I thought oh god what have I done and he just said uh, that's the first time in 20 years I have got a clue what my turnover is part way through the year he said I've never seen it before and you know it's things like that it's just it just makes it all worthwhile really so sort of you know you're saving people's time and um, giving them more insight into their figures um, and really helping them develop their business mm, definitely no i agree and, it, and it's mind-boggling how you know even in 2020 there are still people businesses out there who are keeping manual records in red cash book is unbelievable we took one yeah. about a year ago um and uh, it, it, it's amazing in, in the digital world and age that we live in there are still people writing down their uh, their takings in a in, in a big red book um, yeah which is madness which is madness and uh, you know we took this this client on he had about a few 
um, convenience stores and you know within putting them onto onto cloud within a couple of quarters we found they'd actually overpaid VAT by 10 grand I mean wow. it's just it's just phenomenal because I mean there's no there's no way you can properly reconcile you know everything you know using these red cash books it's just it's just madness it's just uh, just crazy so in terms of you know how you work with clients so from what I'm gauging you're going to go in and you put them onto cloud and then you what you train them to kind of get on with it and use it or do you then take on board the full finance function because I mean, what I found and what I talk about a lot is the big opportunity for accountants to yeah. actually take on board the full finance function and provide that full service from bookkeeper to FD and anything in between, depending on what the client requires from us. But to actually have that full service offering, because that's where the value comes. You know, when you're working with them in real time, you're doing the books, you're the one they're going to be calling. You'll be calling them for information so that that dialogue just helps for a, a much more uh, fruitful and beneficial, you know, accountant client relationship. So is, is that similar to how you operate? Yeah, that is. So obviously when I worked in the, the top 20 firm, we had clients of all different sizes and we had a massive portfolio. So we didn't work like that there, but where I was partner before that was how we worked. Um, you did have some clients that came in slightly earlier, but the majority of them, they, we ran the full finance function and that's what I now do. Um, but with all of them, quite a good tip, actually, it's with all of the clients that we had uh, where I worked before, they had receipt bank. So everybody had to have zero and had receipt bank. We didn't deal with any other accounting package, but none of them had actual access to receipt bank. So you could submit your expenses and you could submit your invoices, but none of them actually got into receipt bank. We didn't give any of them access. Things did differ once you get to got to zero, but for all of them, they had receipt bank, all of them had um, zero, and for all of them, we did the VAT returns. And that just meant that we were made sure that everything was going into zero in the right place and all the VAT was right. And we just did the VAT return just as a check to make sure they hadn't gone in and fiddled with anything. Um, but now the, the firm that I run, we just do everything. Um, and it was surprising actually, because. You often think, especially with the bigger firms, I had one client and um, it was a high tech startup and they had an outsourced FD who was brought in by the venture capital company. So like the non-exec director. Um, and we went in and they had a finance manager as well as a small finance team. And we went in and they were on zero, but we we streamlined all the processes. So they had, they had everything under the sun. They had sold or they had uh, Expensify, they had Receipt Bank, they had Approval Max, they had just loads of different stuff. Um, and we sort of built it up and it was quite a chunky fee. And then they had R&D tax credits as well. Um, and it was just getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And we just expected them to take it back at some point. And they came in and we sort of said, you know, you've got a finance team, you've got a finance director, we're doing all this for you. Presumably you're going to want this back. And they, they just said, no. They said, it's much... For us to take it back, we'd need more staff. My finance manager can really get on with the budgeting. They were doing a lot of um, share shares and revaluations and things like that. So she could get all involved with that. So we actually kept it. And quite often, I think accountants think, I'm going to go in and give them this system and they're just going to take it and run it themselves. But often they don't want to. And if they can see the efficiencies and you get it running well, it's going to be cheaper for them to use you than them to hire staff to do it. So it's uh, something definitely to bear in mind. And I think I think this is the area we're going to see really grow over the next 
sort of five or two or three years even actually and I'm beginning to see it now with some other colleagues I've got in the industry are saying that we're developing this outsourced finance function and um, because also when COVID hit um a few accountants contacted me and they said what we're going to do how do we do accounts payable and they hadn't thought about that before because they had the you know the credit card in the safe and they used to have to take that out the partner used to sign it out and then check it and a very manual process and I think that is one of the areas I can see accounts payable becoming a, a bigger area for accountants going forward because you've got the apps that can manage it and they've got a few more that are rumoured to be coming onto the scene as well so you know you've got your Telleroo and your Credex and things like that which can do it all for you and I think that will be quite a big area going forward as well because now you can just do the whole thing and you can do it really well and credit control I think credit control especially in the sort of near future unfortunately is going to become a, a big area and the more you can automate the better really because nobody likes doing it and you can you still need human intervention with it you can't just rely on emails but you know you can automate a lot of it so yeah there's some really good tools out there for that yeah that's right no I, I couldn't agree with you more that's certainly something that we are doing and um, something that I'm kind of helping other accountants with as well and in terms of you know I think you said about the um and, and this is how we can communicate our value and uh, communicate kind of our price with the value to say, when you get to a certain size, when a business gets to a certain size, say between that sort of half million to 5 million range, they need additional finance input, but they can't really afford to hire an FD because an FD, you know, is going to cost them 120 grand or, you know, a proportion of that if it's part-time. So what they do is they compromise. They might get somebody in a bit junior, uh, which means that they're kind of missing out on the added value stuff that an FD can bring. Or if they bring in an FD and the FD is then doing menial stuff uh, like bookkeeping, then they're kind of wasting their money on spending, you know, so much on an FD to do that kind of stuff. So I think we are very well positioned to provide that full finance function support much more cost effectively than businesses can hire their own staff to do it so and, and tech has enabled us to do that uh, because a typical finance function like you say if they've got a bookkeeper and a finance manager and an fd that's into the hundreds of thousands uh, and we can absolutely do that for a fraction of the cost so a uh, big big area um, and i'm glad you agree in terms of you know in terms of our position as, as accountants and forward thinking and embracing tech and, and apps to enable us to provide that much more cost effectively than clients coming out to engage their own team fantastic thank you very much uh, so we're kind of out of time normally about half an hour or so have you got any closing remarks you want to add caroline i don't think there are any more questions um my only i guess my close or my tip would be that especially if you've got there's a few people is to um have some champions have some cloud champions within your team um and to keep up to date with the software that you've got so say you're using three apps and there's six of you in the team Two of you are sort of responsible for keeping up to date with those apps and bringing, you know, that to the table every team meeting if there's been an update and um, doing it that way. And the other key tip I've always, well, two, one's process. Make sure you've got a process, you follow that process and all your clients follow the same process because otherwise it's impossible to scale it. Um, and the other thing is when you're doing something, think how you could do it better because um, that often you begin to think about all your workflows and your automations and things and just keeping that well we used to have team meetings and we used to have it so that somebody had to have an idea of how to do something better um, and I mean 
we never we weren't zapping things or anything like that and the integrations have improved significantly um, especially with your internal processes think about how you can improve your workflows because there's so much you can actually automate out there even just with what you've got i mean if you're using you know go proposal and zero and things like that there's a lot you can do even without you know getting into zapier and things as well so yeah Brilliant. Thank you so much, Caroline, for coming on and sharing your wisdom. Uh, thanks for watching, everyone. Thank you very much again, Caroline. Take thanks. care, and we'll catch up soon. Great. Thanks very much. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening. For more free content, videos, and resources, visit www.rezahuda.com. And if you haven't already, come and join the community in our Transform Your Profits Facebook group, where we support each other to build more successful, profitable, and impactful accounting firms.